Today's episode is sponsored by Old Uncle Bill's Wood Toys. These tricky wooden puzzle sets will have you scratching your head all night long. With over 69 puzzles with increasing difficulty, the more you play with it, the harder it gets. Why not ask a friend to lend a hand or compete with each other to see who can finish first? Hi everyone, welcome to episode 18 of Beer and Bunts. My name's Chris. My name's James. Uh, And just to clarify everybody else, it is now normal service has resumed, so we're doing... Old man beers and some weird ones as well. Old man uh, beers, okay. Yeah, no. Uh, I'll say. <laughs> you say old man beers. I'm looking at the four. There's only one that I'd really classify as an old man beer, but uh, well, uh, I don't say how many. I just said old man beers. Old man beers, plural though. Yeah, doesn't mean that all included in this episode. I just meant moving forward. Oh god, I try and be pedantic, and yet you be pedantic straight back, and you know what? I mean, fair play, fair I'm play. Highly skilled in this. Yeah, I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the tried and tested for this episode is from Shepherd Neem, which is a beer called Master Brew. Now, this is a Kentish ale. Um, it's quite similar to Spitfire. Um, I have had this before, but you haven't. Yeah, so I haven't had this. I have had Spitfire before, and I have liked it. Spitfire, I think, is quite a common one yeah. around the UK. Today. You can pretty much find it. It's like a common... Also, I mean, I'm intrigued. Kentish Ale, I think it's quite a good thing. So, well, I'll let you have a swig and I'll see if there's any particular blurb on the back of the bottle. Uh, so, Shipper Neem has built its brewing reputation on Master Brew, the original Kentish Ale. Benefiting from the same EU protection afforded to Champagne, this iconic beer combines malted barley with renowned varieties of Kentish hops such as Admiral, Target, and Goldings. Now, you're looking a bit confused. I, I mean, the thing is, it, it tastes it tastes like a Old man beer. Yeah. Right? Uh, <laughs> well, you mocked me when I said old man well, beer. Well, no, no, no. I wasn't mocking you. I totally agree. This is an old man beer, right? And it is that thing. You get maltiness. And for me, this is what I like. It's not a English bitter that we talked about before where you have mm. kind of a harsher aftertaste. For me, this is quite sweet. It's quite uh, golden ale, almost, if that makes sense, I think. Um, I'd slightly disagree with the golden ale, Andrew, because I think... Um, I was thinking the caramel kind of ness of I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. So, uh, so there is a tint um, of it that do cross over into that kind of section, but I think there is a sweetness, but also there's a, there is a um, very subtle bitterness to it as well. Now, it's not a complex beer, Yeah. Um, but for me, I find that type of beer one I could just quite easily slowly yeah. sip all day long. No, um, no. I think this is what I think we, we would consider, right, our own... Like, it's the English beer equivalent of a lager in terms of yeah. English beer, right? It's easy drinking. Old school original. Old school original, exactly. And that's where some of our milds and bitters can be quite, you know, uh, powerful in flavour and stuff like some, that. And yeah. pack massive punch, whereas this just isn't that. This is very much, you know, very consistent flavour. You either like the flavour or you don't like the flavour, but there isn't real strength to it. It doesn't taste particularly strong. It tastes, you know... It's not overly balanced in any particular yeah. way. So there's no... There's yeah. no Overpairing sweetness, there's no overpairing sharpness, there's no overpairing bitterness. It just very gently blends all together, yeah. and you, you can get, you can feel. Like, so I get the sweetness at the start of it, and then you just get that little subtle hint of bitterness at the end, and it's just really smooth, simple, yeah. easy drinking. I would say though, because we did mention the Spitfire, I think this is actually better than the Spitfire in my opinion. I mean, thinking about it as I'm like first time drinking, I actually prefer this to Spitfire. There's um, not, and that includes having Spitfire and Draft. So. Well, there's not too much dissimilar flavour mm. but this is I would say this is slightly more subtle than Spitfire yeah um, but yeah I think it's a really really nice beer uh, it was actually introduced to me by uh, a acquaintance obviously I don't have friends um, yeah but yeah so it, 
it was actually really, really enjoyable the first time I had it. Now, it's only 4%, um, but makes, I don't think it lacks makes, any yeah, flavour, though, yeah. from that. Which makes sense, that's it. Um, like I say, it, it doesn't taste, like, watered down, but it also doesn't taste really strong. It doesn't, you know... But it goes to show you don't have to have, like, really strong beers in order to have a lot of flavour. So yeah. I, th- I think that's really, really nicely balanced. So, yeah, Master Brew. Uh, if you haven't tried it, definitely worth a bash. Uh, yeah. Right, so um, along with our more normal, boring topics, uh, I have been scouting the internet for more TV series to watch. I was wondering where you were going that when you said scouting the internet, <laughs> I thought not again, Chris. I thought we put the the safeguards on the like the the firewalls and stuff to you know. The All I'm saying is private browsing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's that's for that's for our, our cousin Paul out there. <laughs> He'll respect that. Yeah, like he'll understand it. Call him out. Oh, where do you think I learned? Um, <laughs> so one of the shows that I have been uh, rediscovering uh, recently is a TV show called Blackish. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you who've never uh, experienced Blackish, essentially it is Anthony Anderson, who is a um, black actor who's he's been in a lot of like films and TV series um, for quite a long time. So even if you don't recognise his name, you will recognise his face because he has been in uh, yeah. different things. What was the... Um, the Transformers he was in? Yeah, he's been in a few um, a few movies, to be fair. Like Kangaroo Jack or that type of thing. Yeah. He's been in quite quite yeah. a lot of things. Now, uh, and whole... and he, he plays a, quite a good comic relief and dramas and stuff yeah. like that. That's the thing. But I think that's where... It's really hard to find good actors who can be funny, but also still quite play a serious role in in a sense. And that's and he does toe that line really well. well. That's why so. I think he works really well in Blackish because yeah. you do have that silliness over the top, but then there's some really hard hitting issues that they do touch upon as well. Yeah, and the way in which it gets delivered um, just works really well. So the premise of the actual program itself is he's a kind of middle aged man who grew up in the ghetto, done well for himself, and now. Uh, he's got four kids, um, and he keeps on getting con- like concerned that he may be spoiling them. So, like, tries to bring yeah. them back down to his roots. So, yeah. as you can imagine, it uh, some of it goes horrifically wrong, which is always interesting to watch. Um, he lives in a nice big house with his wife, and then also his mum and dad uh, appear. Now, uh, the dad is played by Lawrence Fishburne. So, if you don't know who Lawrence Fishburne yeah. is, then you know, there's nothing more I can really say, but an amazing actor. And as his dad, as a bitter old man, he's absolutely amazing. It is hysterical. It's so perfect, funny, like. perfect placement. Uh, and then the the lady who plays his mom is just utterly crazy as well. So again, the whole cast I think was done really, really cleverly. Now I was speaking to you previously, saying yeah. that I've seen. I never actually saw them in order, so it's like I pick up the odd episode here well, and there. But the thing is, I think originally you'd watched an odd episode on yeah. E4, E4. I'm yeah, guessing. It was originally and I think on E4. You'd watch a few episodes, and I came round. This was a few years ago, and you said, mm. "Have you seen this?" And I was like, "No." And you like, you need to watch it. It's really funny. And so I did something similar to you, and I thought when I've seen it on E4, I put it on and watched the odd different episode and stuff like that. Um, I think I watched the Thanksgiving episode as well, I think, yeah. uh, and stuff like that. And so there was like specific special episodes that I'd seen um, and it was just hysterical. And I think for you and me, I think it was the kind of dad element of it as well because it's just really funny because he's quite bitter, I think, and then funny at the same time about it. And, you know, uh, you being from the ghetto, the, the UK ghetto. <laughs> Not from the ghetto. 
<laughs> I had a. Uh, I grew up in a rougher area. A rougher we say. area, exactly. Uh, yeah, like, but not, again, not that you ever tell people that. At all, <laughs> you know. Well, no, I tell everybody I grew up in Dudley. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so when it comes to. Uh, that I kind of do associate with that because you know you do work hard to try and get yourself a family yeah. like you know your family a better environment and things but every now and again you're like am I spoiling them so you want to bring them back down just so that they understand yeah. what it was like for you growing up but not too hard because you don't want to you know actually push them in that route as well no. so I, I understand the internal struggle from that so um, yeah it's just a generally interesting series now there are a couple of episodes where, for me, I do find it a little bit too over-the-top um, American comedy. Yeah. There is sort of one where, like, because to be fair, American comedies can't... They they either like, really enjoy them or you don't. Uh, but when it comes to um, a comedy, there's no... It's all about personal taste. You, yeah. You can't yeah. objectify it to anybody. I, I think it's one of those where... It, it's a weird thing with, with British comedy. And I saw a great thing online uh, with Stephen Fry talking about the differences between British and American comedy. And it's always one of those where... It's like in Britain, what you want to be is the guy who everybody makes fun of. You want to be the yeah. full guy. You want to be the you know the the person who's hard done by the look. Whereas in America, you want to be the top of the world, and you want to be over the top. And it's kind of comedy where you're making fun of people is is funnier than actually making fun of yourself. And I think that self deprecation, if you like, being hard done by and actually finding the best out of it is very British in humour. And I think. Well, and I think that's, that's where done it well as well. And Blackish fits into that, but then where I think a lot of American sitcoms do end up is kind of trying to go towards more of a yeah. stereotypical thing. And I think it's normally because the the studios are pushing towards that. You know, it's the producers True. of that who say, you know what, I think you know for this demographic, you're going to have to kind of do this style of joke or this style of episode, and it does kind of lead to different writing styles for different ones. But I would say for the most part, Blackish does seem to have more of that. British style of comedy when it comes to like the main bulk of it that I saw anyway so well when you bring it up to like the you know where you were saying about the yeah. British and American um, ideals when America it's all about succeeding and like doing things well yeah. the where, American dream right you yeah know, where, this is this is going to very literature well the, 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 yeah. the British thing is yeah. we all love an underdog and yeah. I think they've got yeah. that balance quite nice and yeah. I think as, as a show if you haven't seen it it's definitely uh, worth a blast because Especially some of the subject matter. Now, there is the odd thing where they do go serious, but oh, there, there are there are some like political stuff which we won't touch upon. But no. but things I think any show that can kind of touch those subjects and isn't afraid to touch them, I think it's that's what's actually quite good. They've not shied away from talking about certain issues and stuff like that. Where no. I think some shows have. Another show, I think Brooklyn Nine Nine touched upon quite a few issues themselves like that, and they they've done mm. that quite well in their own way. That's way more over the top comedy. Um, for, for me, I think oh, the, the Brooklyn Nine Nine oh, very different and uh, is yeah, very yeah. very different style of comedy. For me, I really enjoyed Brooklyn Nine when it first came out. I think it's kind of been stretched out too far. I think they're just trying to push it for money. Yeah, and you know, but that's why I think with Blackish they've done it quite well because the, everything you, you see the children develop and then the different issues that they have, yeah. the parents, the different uh, struggles that they have trying to relate yeah. to their kids and trying to be fashionable and that type of thing, and then the grandparents are just really don't care and it's all about themselves. You know that I think is a hot overall setup. Yeah. I think it's really really good. I remind you, I'm trying to remember what the the '90s show was. It my wife and kids that I used to watch. I that think was that was like, a bit. 
after my time. Is that so, the after your time? Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, that... Is that, that with the one of the weigh-ins? Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. One of the brothers or the sons? There's millions of them, so... Yeah, yeah, but I think... It, it, but it's a similar kind of show, but yeah, that was... Yeah, maybe I'm getting it completely wrong, but there, there's like a sitcom that I'm thinking of that is... I think I watched that. For me, but, I think that was a bit too um, American in my... Uh, for the comedy, I think, like, yeah. as in the over-the-top slapstick yeah, yeah, rather yeah, than the detail. Definitely. But again, for the 90s, that was more what they went for yeah um, you know it was like things like well, South I, Bell that I absolutely love yeah. again that was all over the top and Fresh Prince Bella yeah oh, no, that, that, that at least touched on the yeah. deep subjects so. that was really good I mean honestly that episode for me the, the best episode I think is when um with his uh, dad yeah when his dad went see him and he talks to kind of Uncle Phil and he's yeah, like yeah. Why, why does he want me and I, it's just a poignant moment that I think just hit so so close to home for me as well like it was just really good I think that was episode. kind of the reason I think that was the um, point where people realised how good an actor Will Smith could yeah, actually be because yeah. the problem is they always saw him as a you know Jack the Lad because before that he yeah. was a rapper that like, exactly. you know, he's a musician yeah, wasted exactly. his money yeah. and he only did the acting because he wanted to get his money back so he could start doing the music mm. you know, that, at that particular point people really stood up and went that kid's really talented and then yeah. that's obviously where he's just grown and grown from yeah. that so um, but to actually talking about Fresh Prince Bella, they they announced they're doing a reunion of Fresh Prince. They're doing a thirty year reunion. Oh, reunion. Special. Reunion. 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 Your um, high quality pronunciation started again. Okay, okay. I'm not going to try and pronounce Chris Flavors this episode. Okay, but <laughs> it's really important to me. But yeah, um, the <laughs> you've thrown me off now. But yeah, Fresh Prince Bella are doing like a thirty year anniversary okay. special. Um, where they're going to come back and it's going to be an actual recorded episode whereas I know Friends which you hate you hate Friends yeah utterly um, horrific they're doing show. a reunion but they're doing it like a documentary style which isn't like a proper episode which no, I think okay. personally is a bit more of a cop out it's I, it's not what pe- the fans money. want to see yeah exactly it's easy money but it's not what the fans want to see whereas I think Fresh Prince of Bella are actually in a do this is 30 years in the future this is where everybody's at because I think that's always the question when you watch these series for so long where are they now? I think it's always yeah. the kind of question that gets asked. Um, I mean, talking about a previous episode, uh, you we had a few comments about some of the... Yeah, nobody so, mentioned yeah. about your uh, breakdown after I mocked your pronunciation. I have a breakdown every episode, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, they're probably used to it. Um, but uh, yeah, Alex in Scotland, thank you very much for your messages. Now, um, Alex was basically saying he really enjoyed the last episode, but uh, didn't agree with us on the pork scratchings. Okay. I mean, what what about pork scratch? Like, well, I did set the record straight and say that you know because they're not a fan of pork scratching, so I told them they were wrong. Good, good, because um, I think we both agreed they're just wrong. Obviously, sent right? a picture so. of my pork scratching, like you know, selection. Oh, yeah. just to clarify <laughs> that you have to keep them in the cupboard. It is a black country tradition. Um. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, there are a few things on the podcast that you know we we don't get political very often, but there are things we're very firm on. Porch scratchings is one of them. Yeah. Patriots, we hate. Of course. Very firm on it. And Bruins. Bruins, we hate. I was going to mention Bruins. I know. Well, <laughs> you really, don't worry. I'll, I'll, we'll come back to I'll that. bring that back later. Bring that back later. Um, but yeah, Porch scratchings is good, right? That's just... When, no argument there, right? Just just clearly wrong. They are the ultimate pub, pub snack. That's yeah. just... I mean, to be fair, they're one of the oldest acts overall, in my opinion. Like, you know. It's just, and like you say, blank country scratchings as well. Maybe. Where is this... Uh, this guy from? Scotland. Scotland. So, what, the home of the battered Mars bar? He's telling us that we're wrong about that. <laughs> battered pizza. Battered pizza as well. Yeah. You wow. can buy a bag of chips, let them go cold. That's a salad. Wow, that's nice. I mean, very, very, you know, variety <laughs> of food there. 
Um, but yeah, may- maybe you should try some black country reports crackers and come well, back to us. That's I do actually have right. uh, so. some Scottish friends, and I always thought it was a joke. You have about... Scottish friends? I didn't know you had friends, though. So Scottish friends. Sorry, really acquaintances. Okay, um, okay. I, I slipped up, I don't apologise. Um, yeah, and I always thought it was a joke that when they moved out, they got bought a dick fat fryer. Apparently, it's actually a genuine thing. <laughs> that's a genuine thing, mate. Like, yeah. Well, when you move out, you get a deep fat fryer. Yeah. Uh, so James, when he moved out, like literally, the move that they just bought him a deep fat fryer. Went there, you go. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I always thought it was a joke. Oh, that's. I, I mean, that is funny. I mean, maybe they carry on doing it as a joke because they all find, but probably. Yeah. But, but yeah, so that's one of the um, weird traditions, though, <laughs> right? Like, oh, that yeah, is, at least they're useful. That is quite funny, though, to be fair. That was genius. Right. So, uh, Master Brew was our tried and tested for this episode. For this episode, for that one, the tour tested. For the whole episode, that's it, that's it, guys. Sorry. Brain's gone, brain's gone. Right, okay, so we're moving on to the Peter Falk for this episode, which is uh, from Purple Moose Brewery in Wheels. Wheels. And uh, it is an elderflower ale. Now, I'm, I'm intrigued by this, to be fair. Yeah, so I have had an elderflower beer before. Okay. Okay. I love like that you didn't dive all that before we started recording. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I, I, I like I like the surprise element of it. So I have, but I will say the one I had was incredibly floral, as in like way too floral. Um, so I'm hoping it, if as long as it's understated, I think elderflower is one of those that can work well with it alcohol. It doesn't so, smell overly elderflower, so no, that's a good no, start. Now um, there's a bit of stuff in Welsh. Obviously, I can't read that. Uh, elderflower ale is a refreshing pale ale brewed from water from the hills of Snowdonia. Uh, of course, fresh. of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, cascade hops are used for the aroma and added with the added indulgence of elderflowers creating super floral bouquet. A bouquet. And a delectable sweet citrus finish. Uh, now, 4%. Um, don't look overly bitter or overly sweet, so do you want to speak first? Or. Yeah, sorry, I just I can't hear bouquet without thinking Mrs. Bucket. Bouquet I'm not resident, Lady of the Heart speaking. <laughs> Uh, oh, I love that program. Yeah, it's a great Mainly program. because um, yeah. I said okay, actually reminded me of my grandma. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh. but the thing is, when you used to say that to my grandma, she'd go absolutely crazy. So, of course, you, you mentioned it more the time. <laughs> oh, oh, that's an interesting reaction. It's to, an interesting uh, reaction. I mean, it's one of those, and I'll be interested to see kind of what you what you think. Right? I was expecting kind of strength or some bitterness from it, whereas. It, you know, it's it's almost like elderflower pop a little bit because there isn't as much. It's mm. a weird aftertaste. That isn't what was it? I was expecting more end, whereas there's a lot of body to it. But then it just kind of goes. It's very refreshing. Very light, very light in flavour. Um, it's quite light in colour as well, so probably more akin to like a golden ale. Um, yeah, considering that the both beers we've had so far are four percent, mm. that tastes a lot lighter in alcohol. Yeah, I can, I can. I suppose. <clears throat> For people who, who are probably like listening at, listening at home or whatever, I think some like a tropical pale ale is probably a comparison. You know, that's not a bad shit. Like it is that kind of thing where um, I wouldn't necessarily go as far as like Kuna Big Wave because I think that has like a more bitterness that's, to that's, it. That's a golden kind of, ale. That's golden ale, isn't it? Sadly, but it, it, it's that kind of we've had we've had some tropical pale ales before, and it is that kind of flavour to it. Whereas you, you know. There isn't much of a bitterness to it. You get this very kind of good tropical taste to it. But actually, you know what? I think that is really well balanced. Whereas yeah. I think before we said, oh, actually it needs more of that or actually that's too powerful. The elderflower is understated enough. You can taste the floral bouquet. But, bouquet. But um, it's not too overpowering. That is actually really nice. That I think they've, they've balanced that really well. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Because um, I'm not a massive uh, fan of elderflower. Um, 
Mm-hmm. But I, I think there's enough there just to give it a little bit of complexity, but again, not put anybody off who's actually yeah. not a fan of it. I'm actually really enjoying oh, you, that. You never said really it had like... a gold uh, camera award in 2017. I mean, that's like... <laughs> What, three, four years ago? Three, four years Nobody ago. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. They, they I mean, unless, it's, unless it's current. They still care enough to put it on the... <laughs> <laughs> Probably the only award that ever won, you never know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm Making not su- friends? I'm not surprised. Smell, no. smell is a lo- lemon or pineapple they've got as the aroma smell, which I'm no. curious to see if you can smell that. No, nope, like, that's complete bullcrap. Yeah. Uh, no, completely no, disagree with that. No. I was actually going to say something, but I completely forgot yeah, so uh, with that, the... I, yeah, that is just really nice. I, I don't think there's much more to say about it, apart from actually that's really well balanced. Um, no, it's uh, it's just an all-rounder. Yeah. I would just say that's a, a nice pale ale. Yeah. It doesn't even taste elderflower yet. It just tastes like... You can just taste a strange hop in there. Mm. But it's not a one that you go... Well, it's better, the, the pineapple, I, I don't get any kind of pineapple taste or smell to it, but I can understand mm. the tropical element they're going for. Kind of, It's not citrus. You can tell it's not citrus for a change. But there's definitely some kind of tang to it, right? It's probably along those citrusy lines without being citrus. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I, I do understand what they're saying about that. So, um, Is this where your mind's trying to figure out what you were going to say? Which, uh, no, yeah. it's gone. You know what it's I'm like. It's just gone. Give up on that. <laughs> oh, no, actually. I remembered. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a little bit of a story about uh, elderflower. So uh, I went round to one of my friends. Uh, Friend's house. Actually a friend. Actually a friend this Yeah, time. one of three. Okay. Um, it was for their son's first birthday party. Okay. Uh, now, um, you know, socially distancing just and different time slots, so, you know, nobody... Yeah, like, yeah. You know, people could still keep their spaces and things. Social um, distance people at home, yeah. Social distance. Well, one of the people who were there um, asked if they got any squash for a drink. Well, and, like, you know, any kind of pop. Uh, so I wouldn't name and shame. Sam went into the cupboard and you know, found this bowl, grabbed a glass, filled it like completely full, uh, for the liquid in this size. But I was like, Sam, is that not elderflower cordial? And she basically just poured a neat glass of elderflower cordial and gave it to somebody. <laughs> really? <laughs> I didn't even realize. Wow. And then when, as we were giving it out, just realised, it was like, oh, oh, I'll pour some out. So I poured about a quarter of it up and topped it up with a little bit of water and just left it. Wow. I mean, the worst part is the person drank it. Do you know, this is it, right? So I've, I've had elderflower cordial before, which firstly, I think it's quite a posh uh, squash to get. I mean, come on, what's wrong with the Robertson's orange squash? Or, you know, yeah. I actually don't drink squash. You do not drink no. squash? I suppose you, well, you're a fan of water anyway. Like, you mm. like water. Like, I know a lot of people who don't like water mix it with squash because yeah. they find it easier to drink, whatever. Like, um, but yeah, elderflower cordial, I think, is one of those where sometimes you either get it and it's so overpowering that you, you definitely would not be able to drink a glass of it. Yeah. Or sometimes it's quite weak. Oh, okay. Maybe. Actually, you could probably drink it neat, to be fair. Maybe it was cheap. So, I mean, it was Wolverhampton, uh, so... That worked out. If you're listening from Wolverhampton, we like you, yeah? I, I don't burn bridges since the whole island dispute. We, we, we're trying to move past that. We're being more inclusive on this episode. What do you mean, uh, we? I, we? I was inclusive we, all the way along. It was very much yourself. Right? Um, yeah, and you know what? Um, from my area, so it's fine. I, I want to talk about this because I know we talked... Uh, last one about Burton on Trent and Derby. Apparently, they're different places. I don't. Yeah, think Burton's they are. the Bosch one, yeah? Exactly. I think it's the nicer area. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, yeah. Um, apparently, not all people in Burton have wet feet. Some people do, not all, I think is the idea. That was Derby that had the wet feet. 
I think Burns are posh end. Well, they're both the same, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly, but there you go. Uh, so just, again, all-inclusive, right? <laughs> all-inclusive, so. Um, or the hate mail to james at beerandbands.com. Um. <laughs> okay, so I'm cancelling that email straight away. That'll go straight to junk. Got any great ideas for the podcast? Send it to james.com. <laughs> um... Wow. Uh, I was going to nerd out a little bit with gaming. I was going to say, um, so, you were getting very excited about a particular topic before we started recording, so I'm, yeah, I'm sure you're yeah. definitely so, um it. Yeah, so it was something, because when we're recording this, that's just literally been announced, which is graphics card. This is incredibly... My apologies for yeah. everybody. If you if you are not into any skip, of this technical skip, stuff, just skip about two, five three minutes. minutes skip two, three minutes. Um, but it's one of those that I've only recently just seen, and I think it's quite insane. Um so they've just brought out the kind of newest series of NVIDIA graphics cards. Um, so these are for kind of the PC gaming element. Um, and it's one of those where they are twice as powerful as the last series. I wish people could see how excited you get. I know, this. I really am. They're twice as powerful <laughs> as the last series, but a third of the price. And it's just insane the fact they've actually got all this performance and you're going to get all of this kind of uh, graphical capability. So things like 8K gaming and 8K streaming straight from this graphics card at a fraction of the price of what was just, you know, their flagship a month ago. So the kind of, the cost thing is, it was something like the the, the old one, which is the 2080 Ti, which is the old flagship, cost about $1,400. And now... You know the exact price, don't pretend to interrupt. Yeah, it's around. Uh, versus, <laughs> versus now, even the lowest flagship of the current series, which is the 3070, which is more powerful, only cost about $500 and that kind of massive difference in price but yet you get way more in performance just I think will make PC gaming cheaper in the long term and, and actually you're going to already see it and I would say things like the PS5 and the Xbox One uh, or the Xbox X, X Series, Series X, X. Yeah. Um, this graphics card which is 500 is is way above what graphic capability yeah, so in, in the from the more so, layman side yeah. the, I, the bits that I saw earlier yeah. on uh, the Xbox Series X, which has got the more powerful uh, graphics card yeah. in it, is coming out at 12 teraflops. I believe the PlayStation yeah. 5 is uh, 10.6 teraflops. Now, yeah, we don't need to go into the full nitty-gritty of no. what they all are, uh, but with the base one, which is the cheapest one which you mentioned, uh, the teraflops are like um, 20 teraflops. So yeah. two consoles that haven't even been released yet, that is a big step up. Yeah. Now, and that's it. For me, it's, it's more the future of... of- technology yeah so um we are two completely different style of gamers so when it comes to um actual gaming you're far more hardcore hardcore gaming where i'm very much a casual one at best i'll get about the odd 15 minutes here and there when well yeah it doesn't help that you're also a dad isn't it so exactly you don't don't get as much time to play i've got in the way unfortunately yeah um, I think it's one of those where, like, I, I have built my own PC, which I think was a really good experience, and I, I really like doing that. But the thing is, I mean, I play far more on consoles than I do PC at the moment. Um, I also have a Nintendo Switch, which I, even to this day, is probably the best gaming system that I've got. I love it because it's handheld. You can also play it on a TV. It's more versatile, and I think that's where gaming needs to get. Um, I think what's most exciting for me about kind of the future of gaming is something like Google Stadia or Project X Cloud, which is is actually going to beta, I think, next week, which you'll be able to stream full Xbox games to your phone. 
through the Project X app, which is kind of Microsoft-run thing. So you're able to play Halo on your phone anywhere, yeah, even through that. things like um, <clears throat> mobile data and stuff like that. So Google Stadia, you still can only do it over Wi-Fi, and it has to be like 10 uh, megabits, I think, per second or something. So it's quite a high Wi-Fi bandwidth consistent to get a good connection to play it. So stuff like that, I think, is really exciting because I think we're going to see this massive leap forward in gaming. And well, yeah, but as I said, like, like, you know, you, you've, you've done all that like yeah. the PC game and you do both get all the consoles. For me, there's no point ever spending more than what just a console is because I just don't get that level. Yeah. And also I use it as more of a media entertainment system as yeah. well. Uh, less and less now because obviously so many things are more integrated, but when they first came out, that was more yeah. what you would use them for. Like, that's the reason why it's called the Xbox One in the first place because it was, you know, supposed to be one system for everything yeah, yeah. Um, or that was an actual stupid name for you can the, tell uh, somebody used to work at game I say that like I do used to work at oh, so you worked at game I worked at game at the same time as you so <laughs> right so okay so that, that's um, the nerdy part of the way I do apologise for everybody that uh, you know got confused with a lot of that but yeah we'll go back to more normal stuff so you uh, say more normal stuff and then we go on to this beer <laughs> yep which to be fair the reason why I bought it because it did remind me of you no idea why uh, yeah so they ran the world for this episode is a beer called Mongozo so is this a mango beer no it's a no. mango okay I'm just, just curious curious there uh, <laughs> and so well, a lot of people will have no idea one person in particular will get that reference yeah, I'm not mentioning their name because uh, <laughs> let's face it we mention their name far too much anyway nah. so um, it'll be waiting outside anyway in a bush somewhere probably <laughs> so yeah so it is a mango exotic beer so this is from Belgium um, I love the fact that you sniffed and instantly went oh my god <laughs> I mean the thing is we had a quick sniff from the bottle and it was a very weird Ooh smell to it right and ooh. why are you saying ooh uh, it is got a wheat in it oh <laughs> so uh, yeah anybody who's uh, listened to us previously uh, wheat beers aren't our favourite I'll be honest I'm, I'm, I'm not that worried about the wheat I'm more worried about the fruit and I don't okay. yeah. well that does smell I'm trying to think we, we have done a, a tropical like IPA on the podcast in the past that was incredibly fruity I'm trying to remember what it was called oh my god and that was a bit over the top <clears throat> right um, that tastes absolutely nothing like it smells really so that nothing could, like could it could be smells. a positive that Get, well, you have a a good taste and see what you think but it, that is nothing like you expected to taste is it okay I'm not gonna lie that is just fruit juice yeah <laughs> that is that is insanely good um uh, it literally so subtly 3.6% um, yeah it doesn't taste alcoholic but to be fair that could be 6% and you, I, it's one of those deadly beers because it tastes so much like mango juice it is that's really good um, yeah it's it's it's, uh, it's extremely extremely you know what? A, lot of, a lot of people say to me I don't like beers all beers taste the exact same and no. they always say you know oh, I've never found a beer I like to be fair this is the kind of one where I would say to somebody if you like J2O <laughs> You could easily drink this and you wouldn't even know you were drinking beer. I don't think you're wrong. That's the thing. Um, the fact that this is a beer... It's 3.6%. Now, it's not yeah, strong. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that is nothing like I expected that to taste at all. So, if I'm honest, truthfully, I'm disappointed because I actually... Whereas, this is the thing, right, when it comes to beer sometimes, when especially when you have fruit beers, right? If it's too overly hoppy and they go too, too much with the hops or the malts, then actually that can really ruin the beer because actually it detracts from it completely it's too yeah. harsh or too bitter this is kind of the other problem where actually it's too fruity and although it's just fruit juice where it's still very drinkable like really drinkable 
for me, it's ruined by not having a little bit of that bitterness, a little bit of that complexity towards the end for me as an aftertaste that I like from a beer and from my what I want from a beer because I'm a big IPA drinker, right? So I kind of want some kind of aftertaste, some bitterness from it, at least a, a little hint towards the end. That is just pure sweetness. I think it's context. Yeah. So you, yeah, you're very yeah, much more annoyed yeah, exactly. than I know that the, the pale ale yeah. gone there on top of man. Now, I'm enjoying that a lot more probably than what you are. Um, <clears throat> well, it's it's not unenjoyable. It's very pleasant, and that's the yeah. I, but I, I know like, for a fact like you would go for that type of thing. Well, no, because if I wanted that, I'd have a J two R or I'd order orange juice. If I'm honest, that's the blunt way I yeah. see it. It's it's a really interesting beer, and, I, and honestly, if you can get Mongozo, which is a mango beer, um, <laughs> you should definitely go and try and get it because it, it it tastes insane. And you're right, it just tastes completely different from how it smells because it smells a little bit um, confusing because. You almost it smells smell a bit the sour, but yeah, nothing you, like you it. You smell the hoppiness, <clears throat> but then you kind of get the hint of that. It, it's a little. If I'm honest, it reminds me um, not as much of the sour because I think the mango milkshake is a lot sourer, but it's a similar hint of that smell because of the sourness yeah. and the fruitiness from the mango milkshake. Again, because that was mango, so probably, gonna, we're, we're probably associated because of, obviously we've had a, a milkshake. Um, was it a mango milkshake IPA? No, pineapple milkshake IPA. And yeah, a mango yeah. milkshake yeah, yeah. Uh, pale ale. Um, yeah. So we probably smelled that and went straight for the sourness. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I'm thinking that's where the relation is. But honestly, I just it smelled like it'd be a little bit bitter as well. Mm, I'm a, I don't, so, yeah. I don't think you get it. Um, no, not at all. Yeah. That's really um, uh, that's really I mean, surprising. I would say it's very drinkable. You know, yeah. because there isn't really much to it. That's More akin to a so. cider. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, it's definitely not what I expected. Yeah, we do apologise for any uh, of our previous listeners to cider <laughs> if they weren't like enjoying that previous episode. But yeah, some uh, people did, some people didn't. But that's the whole thing. It's, it's uh, inclusive. And that's thing. And to be fair, things like the Mongoza, which is a mango beer, is not the kind of thing we would normally go past oh, and think no. pick it up right because even by the label, it does look very fruity and, and looks like one of those. You know, I'm driving, I'll just have that. I've had a skin for what, I'll, what have we got left? Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll have one of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, if I'm honest, I'm glad because I was really worried it would taste really bad. Um, yeah. So, actually, I think it is very pleasant. So, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I agree. So, I think that the topic we wanted to touch on very briefly because, if I'm honest, it's going to be a topic that we're going to mention a lot in the next few months is NFL. Not necessarily a lot. It's just the key things we want to Yeah, do. we're not going to overdo it because I think we're only going to do it. I mean, if, if a week is the exact same as another week, then we're not just going to keep drumming on about it because we're, yeah. we're not like that, to be fair. But if there is anything funny we've seen or, or some key points, we'll, we'll mention it because we're big NFL fans, right? It's yep. so ingrained in, you know, one of the main sports that we really get into. Um, so it's really hard not to get excited about it because it is one of the sports at the moment that we're really looking forward to. Uh, the thing I was going to mention is we've done the NFL fantasy football, so we did the draft of that. Which we yeah, did, so we had a couple know. of people add from the podcast, so yeah. obviously welcome aboard. Uh, we did the draft on Sunday. Yeah. Um, Went swimmingly well for me. I am predicted 8th out of 10th. Yeah, I'm predicted uh, joint second. Joint second. Uh, yeah, so um, if we had a bit of banter while we were going on with it, so that's whole reason of fantasy football just wind each other up yeah exactly now, a couple of people have already drafted some uh, players and they've already been like released and stuff so people are already scrambling so I do think that's quite funny uh, but yeah. yeah overall uh, fantasy football is something just we've, we've got a couple of sideline things that we do yeah. on the side so we always do uh, out the hat for Super Bowl winners and stuff like the yeah. private family yeah. thing yeah. Um, for me it's the social element of it I think it's always good having a group of people who follow the sport because and also it makes you because you're you've got 
players from all your different teams, it makes you follow more games. Yeah. Because if you're only looking at your team, you might miss a lot of games from other players. Whereas if you've got a key player in your fantasy football team, you're like, I actually want to watch that game. I want to see how my team's going to do because you know you, you do get a bit competitive about it. You want to, win, oh, yeah. you know, and that's things. So it's bragging rights. That's the whole exactly, thing. and that's what we kind of go for. So um, I, I think it'll be really interesting how it plays out. Um, I think the one I felt sorry for was uh, was it your friend Andrew um, yeah. who was on honeymoon who was doing the <laughs> our draft at the same time and I think we were joking in the, the chat to him like you know you're on honeymoon why are you doing draft like you know um, yeah so to actually put it in context he was actually the first night of their honeymoon he was at the dinner table having a meal completely ignoring his brand new wife whilst uh, doing draft picks on the fancy draft so uh I think the level of commitment is definitely 11 out of 10 on that one. <laughs> I mean, marriage yeah. probably won't last long, but... <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, so we were we were kind of joking with him and like, you know, because the draft took us, what, uh, 40, 45 minutes? No, 45 minutes. 45 minutes, 45 minutes, 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 minutes I think. We yeah. prefer to do faster, so yeah. it's... Um, it's a lot more competitive. Yeah. So, so we give like a panic. minute or a minute and a half per pick. So it's oh, set it to ninety yeah. seconds yeah. per draft pick. So that was the maximum amount of time you had. If you don't, and if you don't pick in that yeah. time the computer picks for you and generally you end up with somebody crap. Exactly. So the idea is this way you quickly pick. And to be fair, most people I think picked in the first 20, 30 seconds, yeah. especially early on because you want to try and get some of those key players early on that are kind of going to get the most points or key positions and fill them. So most people go into it as some kind of strategy. So we're like, oh, you know, we're sorry you wasted 45 minutes of your first night of your honeymoon. And then he tells us that he's doing another draft. Yeah. And how long was it between picks for that one, Chris? Uh, four hours. So, so far that in, on his honeymoon that has been going for over three days. Three days. So, um, again, level of commitment. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, longevity of marriage, questionable. Questionable. Um, well, surely she knew what she was signing up to. You hope. We'd hope so. Yeah, you uh, hope If so. not, that's where the uh, problems will probably occur. But yeah, hopefully you're enjoying your uh, honeymoon, Andrew, if yeah. you're still on honeymoon and not going through a divorce. Uh, but yeah, so we're looking forward to the NFL season yeah. starting. But again, we'll... Uh, we'll pick up on those well, subjects. I, I know, yeah, I know there's another sport which you're dying to mention. We've already mentioned the team, Bruins, who, again, we hate Bruins. Okay, It's just a rule. It's just a rule we have. Yep. We're not, you know, we're, we're inclusive people. Inclusivity, very important here as a Bear and Bants, unless you're a Bruins fan. Well, no, so, there's, there's two types of fans. You've got people who are Bruins fans and, and everybody else. else. <laughs> um, it's a bit like Patriots. You have yeah, Patriots yeah, fans yeah. and then you have everybody else. Okay. Now, with the Bruins, um, in the NHL playoffs uh, they have just been beaten by the amazing Tampa Bay Lightning the, the amazing Tampa are they called that or is that just you've added that I can't well, it might be a bit ad-libbing but yeah, we all okay. know that it's amazing. fine it's fine yeah okay uh, was it the fourth time in six seasons that they've got to the Eastern Conference Finals so yeah. like, can't be too much Lightning bad. obviously does strike I mean, we've still never won a cup at least but hopefully yeah. we'll see Touch wood. I am indeed. Um, <laughs> that's what I thought was. Um, Uncle Bowles wood toy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, yes. Yeah, so, um, when it comes to the uh, NHL playoffs, they've been, I think, been done absolutely amazingly. Yeah. Uh, yes, Tampa Bay through to the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, every other playoff series at the moment is uh, one team's leading three two, so yeah. it's still in the balance for any particular team yeah. that's left. So. And I think because the way it's been done and the fact it's been done in the bubble, uh, you know, it restricts the amount of potential impact to it. The games have been thick and fast and I think it's just been handled really well. I would say it's, it's also been really entertaining. I mean, my, so my team, for some reason, weren't ever... We've we mentioned before. Yeah, I know. I'm still, I'm still bitter. 
Um, but actually, I've still been watching quite a few games, and actually, I find it really, really enjoyable to watch. A, because it's a sport I love, and even yeah. if my team's not there, it's still enjoyable to watch. And it's just the fast-paced nature of the game that I just love, right? It's speed and um, brutality, essentially, exactly. that's all the game is. The, the two things we really, we exactly. really strive for in every walk of life, you know? <laughs> um, you keep your sex life out of it. Um, wow. <laughs> well, both feet are involved, apparently. I mean, you know, we don't mention that. <laughs> But yeah, I think it's been done really, really well. It's been really entertaining. And uh, yeah, I mean, I know it's been hard on some of the players who yeah. haven't had a chance to see their family. But again, I think they were happy with that. They could do it in such a short, condensed mm. time and then hopefully just move forward from it. Uh, now, there is discussions for the next season being a short season. So obviously, you know, they yeah. haven't had any off time really because obviously trying to work out what's happening. Yeah. Um, so I think they're doing looking at maybe like a three-quarter length season. But again, until we kind of know the final details of that, it's, it is just speculation. But yeah, the, the NFL I think, playoffs... I think, I think what, what, what the NFL playoffs have shown, and I think it's been really interesting that shorter seasons can work. And although certain teams have kind of lost out, what, it, what it's given those time to do is actually go back and rebuild and retrain and think of their strategy and, and kind of work forward themselves, which in the background, they've actually got a better chance next season than probably some of the other teams because actually they've been able to reformulate maybe yeah. look at what the strategy of some of the teams who are playing at the moment are and try and kind of combat that ahead of time, right? So if anything, everybody is all about refocusing. So I think a short season would actually be better long-term than anything because actually yeah. it would give time, right? So Also gets um, reset. Yeah, that's exactly. Nice exactly. Thing, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much the NHL. Um, obviously, Premiership Rugby, again, that's been going on quite nicely. Uh Again, the games all being done behind closed doors as everything else. Um, I think the actual reset, because it's kind of strange, because it kind of feels like a new season. So, like, everybody's got new teams, yeah. uh, like new players on the teams. Yeah, it's still a continuation of the old one. Yeah. But one thing, I mean, um, I'm a Leicester Tigers fan, so uh, one thing that has been interesting, because they know that they're safe for this season, yeah. and Steve Borthwick has just left the uh, England camp to become our new um, head coach what he's doing because he knows he knows everything's safe is every weekend he's just completely changing the lineup and trying different things I think that's a brilliant idea and actually yeah. against some really interesting results and they yeah. won one lost two but, but the thing is it's <clears> testing all your players not just some of your best players that you know they're getting out and win it's, yeah. it's giving everybody a chance and actually I think it, some of the more underdog players of the team who might not get the chance to play as much of the game as they want actually get to come to the front and I think it's that's that's where you know teams can can be make or break I think and it's really important right um, and I think it's something we've talked about with kind of Eddie Jones as well never really tends to change sometimes yeah. as often as he should and I think it just shows the importance of how changing kind of the players that you have on the uh, on the pitch and actually changing the players you know realistically the strategy of the whole game just works really well. Well, we've got another six make. weekend uh, six nations weekend. Uh, yeah. So they're actually going to finally more than been until close in October. Yeah, they're still planning on going ahead with the Six Nations games in February and March. So at some point you're going to be without all your key players. So actually doing this type of rotation is really really clever. Yeah. Um, other teams don't seem to be playing as much, but again, everyone's got their own game plan at the moment. He's just taking over the team, so he's just trying to assess what players he wants where. So 
Yeah. I'm really looking forward to see what Steve Borth are going to do. I'm a massive yeah. fan of it. I thought he was a fantastic like, player. The fact is, they know they're safe, them. right? Which is why they can kind of experiment <clears> and, and not worry too much because, you know, they don't they don't really matter whether they win or lose. And that's, that's really good, right? And I think actually that's the kind of confidence where, and this is what we said when we first talked about it months ago. We said it, it just gives you the confidence to play any kind of formation you want and not worry about, you know, what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's really good for the sport, so... Uh, and um, well, one last sport that we'll quickly mention because we were both watching previously was uh, MotoGP. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to talk about it last episode, but as per normal, us rabbiting on just kind of gets away from us. But yeah, uh, anybody who saw the round in um, Austria, there was a two massive incidents. Yeah. Well, I think there was. I think there was one in every. Um, yeah. Well. Every class one there. But yeah, yeah, the big, the, the big the one. The main one was Moto Two and then Moto uh, GP, right? Well, the Moto so, GP one that actually got featured on uh, Lad Bible. So basically, the layout was a bit more like in an area where people wouldn't normally pay attention to it. Uh, so what happened was uh, there was a collision between Johan Zarco and Franco Morbidelli. Uh, then what happened was as they fell off, their bikes continued to fire forward at like what, about one hundred and forty miles an hour. I think yeah. it was. Um, the one bike flew in front of Valentino Rossi with a, probably about, what, 20 centimetres gap? And yeah. then the other one Could was... Closer. yeah. Uh, <laughs> the other one was uh, Maverick Vinales, where literally he brushed his helmet. You know, yeah. it's just like... And you, this is a massive, heavy steel bike being fired at you at 140 miles an hour. It could have been so much worse. Uh, they had to read it on the track because it was two weekends back-to-back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was like utterly horrific to watch. Uh, I'm a massive, massive motorbike fan yeah. um, in racing, in yeah. like general life. <clears throat> so just to see that potential impact, I think he kind of gave everybody a wake up call. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I mean, the thing is, like, a because it's Rossi who's a big star anyway. So I mean, a because what, what? <laughs> the fact that it involves him, I think, kind yeah. of puts more of like because for me personally, the the crash on Moto Two for the driver oh, itself was was worse. Was worse. Um, but I think because A, this was multiple riders kind of involved in it and then how close these two flying bikes got to Rossi as well is just being highlighted more. Yeah. Um, I, I will say the thing that I thought was unfair was the, because they put um, uh, more, uh, what's his name? Franco Morbidelli. Morbidelli. They put him back, didn't they? So he actually, they penalised him and he started at the... No, that was your Gonzalo. Was it Gonzalo? This, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, um, which I completely yeah, disagree with. I, um, yeah, it, was, it was clearly a racing yeah. incident. There was no malice on anybody's part. No. Um, and then they forced him to start from the... It's not like he kicked somebody off his bike, right? <laughs> That's all I'm saying, right? It's, it's not It's not that kind of horrific exactly. kind of action, right? Uh, yeah, uh, so... Um, yeah, but I don't think that uh, he should have been penalised in any way. So no. Neither did the great Casey Stoner, because the second they penalised it, he was straight on Twitter going, yeah. what is going on? I think he was only, and the thing that really annoyed me the fact it was focused on Rossi when really and, and you know what this thing actually to be, to be fair to Rossi okay which I didn't think would be a sentence I would say um, I actually did see an interview he gave and he wasn't he, he thought it was unfair too actually which is very rare because I, I think A what was what was good you know it was a bad crash because Rossi oh, was terrible. shook up because Rossi was shook up and it, it does take a oh, lot yeah, to he, shake he, him up when he, he, when he got off that bike yeah, he looked he was, like he grabbed himself yeah, and, that's and to be honest 
if I had something like that <laughs> coming at me, I think I'd probably know a far worse state than what he was. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's, an, there's an element of risk that they yeah, all yeah. understand, but I think that was. But I think he was he was also like in the interview. He was more pragmatic than he normally is as an approach because normally any any chance to try and get ahead of an opponent or something like that. Whereas he was like, it, it happens. It just shows you how dangerous the the sport can be, right? Oh yeah. And that was kind of the point he was trying to make, and that's where I think you didn't need to penalise anybody for that incident when pro- all of the people involved I think they just want to make a point of it right? I think, more I think the problem was who who was involved in the accident and so the problem is because I'm a massive Johan Zarco fan I think he's a very very talented rider but he has a reputation of being a hard like passer and sometimes yeah, don't get me wrong in the past he yeah. has made some really yeah. really tough overtakes yeah. you know proper like, nudging people off the track and stuff like that this wasn't the case. No. So, so I think one of the things that actually more reputation, and because it was focused on Rossi, that um, really caused the whole hoo-ha. Yeah. But, yeah, so MotoGP, definitely worth... Uh, if you haven't watched motorcycle sports, then it, uh, anybody who watches Formula One, start watching that. That got boring about 10 years ago. Yeah. Get into your motorbikes. They're far more interesting. MotoGP, World Superbikes, BSB. Get a chance to watch your, um, any like local sports. Give it a blast. You will not be disappointed. Now, um, the wild card for this episode, uh, James has stolen the can, so I'll let him yeah, do Yeah, because I thought I'd introduce it, because I thought I thought it was only fair that you tried to... Is that because first, right? we could see what's in the glass? <laughs> Honestly, so to start with, this is a collaboration uh, beer by Fierce Brewery and uh, Devil's Peak, which is a South African uh, brewery. Okay. Um, so this is called Cape Sour, okay, uh, which is a hazy sour IPA, 5%. So I, when it was a hazy sour IPA, I was expecting what we've had in terms of the past like a fruity sour kind of look appeal to it I, I was thinking it would be hazy I mean this just looks <laughs> like gravy like gravy from KFC chicken stock right <laughs> chicken stock is probably the best way to do it a thick uh, have, you had, have you had a nose at it yet before we any of us actually have a drink and just to see what the smell is I'm not going to lie as I took a swig of it uh, not a swig of it so it's just yeah. a bit of a nose it's tingling something in the back of my nose, and you, my, literally, my mind's going, "Don't do it." So, do, yeah, no, it is interesting. So, this is this well, is while you're yeah, you're doing that, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna break um, it. So, this is actually brewed to showcase the South African hops, uh, which are used uh, a blend of Pacific Jade, Southern Passion, and African Queen in a kettle sourced hazy IPA. Uh, the sourness really pulls forward the tropical notes, followed by citrus notes and a little, only a little stone fruit, just a little dash of stone fruit there. Um, so yeah, this this is interesting. I think so. Um, yeah, it doesn't taste like it smells. Okay. Um, there is a kind of there's some citrusy notes to it. No, it is a sour. You can tell it's a sour. You tell it's sour. Um, not as intense as some of the ones we've had previously. Okay. Um, not as overly complex either. Uh, it's just very strange to place. Yeah, I mean, first off, it it doesn't taste anywhere near as bad as it smells. No, the smell is. Um, it's really acidic that thing so it is yeah. the, the acidity the, the kind of sourness of that definitely overtones anything else on there you can definitely the initial taste for me you, you do get some of the tropical notes I do get that to start with but I do get a bit of the citrus definitely all you're left with you know after a little bit of bitterness is just the sour taste right it's just the acidity yeah it's that not really is, not, no. not really IPA just more like a sour from, in my particular opinion um, yeah, I think there, there's a little bit of hoppiness in terms of the medium uh, kind of body of it, but outside of that, it just goes straight to that sour taste. Now, 
Well, I'm um, not sure it's because of what we've had previously. But I can taste the alcohol in that a lot more than the other beers. A little bit, but then, to be fair, when you're looking at the kind of percentages, I mean, the, the one we've just had, the Mongoza, yeah, which is a mango beer, mango. was 3.6, right? So when you compare it to that, you, I think you're going to taste it going to be more strong. Also, the Mongozo did taste like fruit juice, right? So it's like any beer after that would probably taste stronger. Um, I don't think it tastes particularly alcoholic, if I'm honest. Again, no, the, the, sourness, the sourness kind of, for me, is, is the main thing, right? Yeah. It's just acidic. It's acidic. Um, I think this is the thing with sours. We've only ever had that one sour that I think me and you have both liked. Yeah, which 15 was the, sour was really Yeah, nice. 15 sour with 15 different fruits. That was because there was enough fruit in there that kind of took away from the sourness. So although it was like a sour sweet, you know... It, it was like a fruity sour sweet. Yeah, but it's like we've said, I really like acid drops, right? Where you get a load of sourness to sour. We don't condone drugs on this. Um, <laughs> I hate you so much. So these are like lemon... <laughs> Lemon sour sweets. I just love the disappointment yeah. in your eyes every time I do this. It's like lemon sour sweets, right? And so you get the initial sour hit, but then it goes to kind of lemon and it's fruit, and that's yeah, where the acid taste was. Yeah, and and yeah. 15 sour, weirdly, although it was very acidic to start with, ended up being quite a fruity aftertaste, which I think is really hard for a sour to pull off, which is why we both really liked it, because it packed enough fruit in it that it kind of overtook the sourness, which is just insane. This has not got the balance right at all. Okay. okay, in my opinion. I think there needs to be more fruit there, for me, personally. But they're going to um, the IPA route, so they're not going to have that much fruit. That's, that's no, not honestly, what it's like to be. But no, a tropical IPA mm-hmm. could have done it, I think. If it was more tropical IPA, I think, personally, you could have packed more fruit into it. I understand yeah. what they're trying to do. Is they're trying, I think they're trying to move away from that beer set, the, yeah. that fruit yeah. sour, because generally, most sours you get will be a fruit mm. one. So, actually, I understand the logic behind it. I think the type of palate that we have, mm. it doesn't lend itself. So we we're not actually completely enjoying it as much as some of the other, some other people would. But I think there is enough there for if you're into your sour beers, yeah. but actually you're not actually a massive fan of the fruit. I think that's definitely worth a try. I just don't think the, the type of stuff that we enjoy. That's it. It's, like it, it's one of those where sour sour beers for me isn't something I would normally go to. But saying that it's not so bad that I can't have another mouthful of it yeah. there are some that we drink and like you really don't want to do and I, based on the smell I thought we'd have one mouthful of this and probably just leave it right because it did smell I was bad. bracing for that I'm yeah. not going to lie um, but actually it doesn't taste that bad it's just it is just sourness there isn't much else than that acidity right well, so, I think there's a bit of complexity like, to it as well but it's just not the same I, stuff I know. for me yeah exactly for me the complexity is very much there isn't enough fruit to it and although there is a bit of bitterness that there isn't it's too overpowering. It's too overpowering. So, um, well then, James, it's, it's come to that time. Do you want to go first, or I'm not going to lie. I think our order is going to be exactly the same, so it doesn't make a difference either way. Okay, okay. In which case, uh, I think fourth place at the very end would have to be Cape Sour for me, um, just for the same reasons. I mean, it's one of those of all of them. It's just too sour. There's not for me. It's just not. It doesn't taste particularly appealing. Of all of them, it's the one I'm not going to go back and have more of. I think uh, I would then put Mongozo next in third place. Um, as much as I like mango, mango. Juice, um, you know, I do like um, kind of a bit more bitterness there. Again, it, you know, it it tastes more like cider than it did beer. Um, it literally just, it was, yeah. it but it was incredibly drinkable. And I would say, although that's third, it is not a bad drink. It's just not as good for me in terms of the other beers. Um, the next two, in my opinion, are incredibly difficult to put 
I'm I've, I've probably yeah, I'm probably going to put Master Brewer second, right? It is a classic Kentish ale. You know, it's one of those where it, it's a very basic beer. It's you know, we said it's not complex, but it tastes good. It tastes very refreshing, and that's good. But honestly, the, the standout for me is the Aerofar ale. I wasn't expecting to like that. Um, I think they got the balance just so well on it, and I think actually that's what's kind of won it for me. Is like actually. It's not this overly floral thing. Actually, it's just a really well-balanced ale. And I think that, for me, is, again, almost a standout. for you know It's a more subtle beer than a standout than we've had previously f- from some of the beers we've had kind of on the podcast. But actually, that's just so well-balanced and was mm. just unexpected that I really liked it. So, yeah, I'd definitely try and get more of that. Okay. So, you see where I'm on with dynamics, right? Do I go the same? Or exactly. Or well, just to be different. Yeah. yeah so, okay. uh, Cape Sour... Last, um, I didn't dislike it as much as I expected to. Yeah, but not my style of beer. I do. I, I think I picked up a bit more of the complexity than what you did. But, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's just not our thing. Well, things you you always do pick up more on yeah, the, the start, kind of start yeah. as well. And you know, if you're picking more of that fruitiness before the soundness kicks in, then I, I agree you might pick up more of that. Uh, third, Mangozo. Yeah, need a bit more complexity to it. If you're into your fruity stuff, then definitely give it a blast. But for what we enjoy in a beer, there just wasn't enough bitterness. Now, uh, Master Brew and the Elderflower Ale, for me, are incredibly close. Um, different styles of beer. You know what? I'm going to have to do it. I'm gonna, Master Brew second. And then, yeah, the Elderflower Ale. Because it is good. It's a lovely beer. I will say, it was very difficult. I did try them again as well while you were, you were doing that, and I still agree. Um, yeah, it, I could, it could have gone either way, but from yeah. the type of beer I enjoy more, mm. that is my style yeah, of beer. Exactly. It's really well balanced. It's very refreshing um, for me. And honestly, it's one of those weird ones because of the floral taste. You could have that as both a summer and winter's drink, yeah. which is quite weird. Normally, refreshing, you would think of kind of summer, but that could be both... Saying that, I, you know, the Master Brew, it's consistent. That's why I think it's there for oh, the top. You know it's consistent, you know what you're getting. And it is it is a good kind of English ale kind of, you know, equivalent. I think it's really nice well, and better than Spitfire. Well, again, it's the same type of ballpark for all of them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so uh, that is episode 18. Back to normality. Um, apart from the fact we agree, which really annoys me. Um <laughs> Back to normality again then. Yeah, Uh, yeah, so thank you very much for listening. Uh, And then, yep, we'll be continuing with episode third. No. (laughs) What is wrong with you? We're not going back in time. I think I was going to go 30, so I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, so episode 19 will be coming at you soon.